When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up and do it in time for tomorrow's big game. Welcome in. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Hawks lose 4-1 in Winnipeg after a late night start, a 9-16 first puck drop. We're going to break it all down, but first want to welcome everyone to our YouTube page. Thank you for tuning in live. We're going to get to your comments as the show goes on. We've got someone checking in from Thailand right away. Bertski, thank you. Make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube page as well. If you're listening to the podcast, make sure you are following or subscribing there too. That would be very, very helpful. Uh, we're going to get to Jets and Hawks. We're going to get to some other uh, Blackhawks prospects that had a uh, pretty exciting night tonight. And uh, later in the show, we're going to make fun of an old Hawks rival because they certainly earned it in this uh in the ceremony they had today so welcome in thanks for being with us we appreciate you staying up late with us again feel free to hit us up in the chat we'll do our best to get to your uh your comments as we go but fellas uh hawks lose 4-1 like we said at the outset of the show you know this was a game in which the hawks overall played pretty well they were just it's a talent gap winnipeg is really good they're a strong team finally sort of playing to the potential everyone thought they could play to for the last few years. And the Hawks just don't have the firepower. So a 4-1 loss feels about right against a team like the Jets. For the fourth time this season. Like, yep. it was the same exact game we've seen against the Jets uh, already three times. So, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. The Jets get rid of Paul Maurice, and they start playing up to their what the paper says they should. Paul Maurice goes to the Panthers, and all of a sudden they go from <laughs> President's Trophy to not making the playoffs. Huh. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Um, but, you know, he's going to have eight or nine more coaching jobs before it's all said. Yeah, he'll figure he's it out. The, he's, he'll, he's part of the good old boys club. He's he's good. Um, but, yeah, this Jets team is is it's a good team. Uh, they, they're, they are – they are going to be a threat in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm not predicting them to, you know, win the cup, but they could definitely win a round or two. They're big. Uh, they've also got some speed with guys like Kyle. Con- you got Josh Morrissey that just, you know, every Career. time he touches the puck, the Jets seem to score a goal. And then you got one of the top three or four goaltenders in the league, and Connor Hellebuck. I mean, if they, they're an interesting team to see what they do at the trade deadline. I mean, when you consider this was a team that, you know, 
stripped the captaincy at the beginning of the year, new coach. It seemed like this was going to be a complete dumpster fire. And now Rick Bonus might be the front runner for the Jack Adams right now, based on, you know, all that adversity heading into the season. He's got this team rolling. So uh, that's a team that may decide to be like, hey, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Connor Hullabuck, these guys aren't getting any younger. Maybe this is the year we go for it. So, you know, yeah. maybe they're one of the teams giving Kyle Davidson a call for one of their trade chips, and we'll see what happens. Well, they've got, as it is now, I'm just looking at cap friendly here. They've got uh, just over $2 million in cap space, um, which isn't a ton, but it's also more than most contenders. Most contenders are right up to the cap. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, the West is – kind of wide open you know colorado's had a lot of injury problems they're not quite the juggernaut everyone thought they were going to be dallas is really good but does anyone at the end of the day think dallas is going to win the stanley cup i don't uh i think the west is there for the taking they get it. patrick kane they will make Maybe, that trade yeah <laughs> but if the, you know the jets are a team that can say look like if we can add a real impact player here um yeah they could certainly make some noise and look they might not even have to they might be good enough to make a run to the Western Conference Final or the or or the Cup Final, as they are. Because, like you said, yeah. Connor Hellebuck is a top goalie. They've got speed. They've got size. They remind me, kind of, of the Calgary Flames. They just don't mm -hmm. have that ultra ultra star power. Or maybe that's less accurate than saying they don't have like a household name star. Like Wheeler and Shifley and Morrissey are all really really good players. Um, they just don't have that like Kachuk, Gaudreau like household name type of guy. Well, part of that's because they're yeah. in Winnipeg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think, I think there's a, a top to bottom team that is, is really going to going to challenge. And, and the comparison to Calgary, I think is really good. The, the difference there is uh, if you're, if, if you're asking between Jacob Markstrom or uh, Connor Hellebuck in a seven game series, give me Connor Hellebuck 10 times out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. Even before Markstrom struggles this year. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's 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 a guy who could could challenge for you know some some Vezina votes this season, um, when it's all said and done. So yeah, I, I, you know this, this this Jets team is is really good, um, and not a whole lot you know uh, changed with the roster. It was, it was a lot of behind the scenes and behind the bench changes, and you know it's 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 interesting how sometimes a turnaround doesn't need to go with a, a teardown it's not the case for the blackhawks uh but for some teams sometimes it's just one or two small tweaks makes makes a big difference so um they're a good team uh josh morrissey really loves playing against the blackhawks this season um and uh yeah as far as the game first period was first period was good third period was better than the first the second period just just sunk chicago and and it's kind of tale as old as time uh when in, in this matchup so uh we, we were talking about it before the show like as far as like <laughs> how much games matter at least over the next two weeks like this is kind of really the start of like yeah. it really doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> like no. like they're like these games especially tonight 9 15 p.m start it's just in the way it's just and, it's just and, in the way between now and march 3rd you know and i i, I hate to i hate to be because it bothers me when when people complain about the late starts like it's part of the job but in fairness, like these are two central division teams yeah. uh, that play in the central time zone. And I know you're so, trying to accommodate hockey night in Canada. That's cool. But then don't have your extra ceremony before this game or start your ceremony early. As you see, the, the first game in hockey night in Canada is about to wrap up. 
start the ceremony then so the puck drops close to on time. They're nine minutes late from what the puck drop is supposed to be, just so everybody knows. If it says a 7.30 start, puck drop is 7.37.35. That is like the official puck drop time. Uh, this, These are things I learned when working at the hockey broadcast and radio, and you got to time up perfectly. Uh, 35, 30, you know, 37, 35 is the official time of the start. So that was a nine minute late broadcast. So, so you can have two kind of lame anthems and a center <laughs> race presentation. That, I don't know. That anthem thinger was, uh, it was interesting. She has some, she had an interpretation. She was emphasizing syllables that usually aren't emphasized and had some pauses. She's trying to be breathy and the rum parts. I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it was uh, a thing. It's uh, Pat um, Foley. You, Look, honey, you it's get, not all about you. Have you guys, <laughs> have you guys seen um, on either uh, Instagram or, or TikTok? I don't know how much you guys peruse the TikToks, but um, too much. There's an a, there's an account called There I Ruined It, and yeah, uh, I love that. <laughs> all they do is just screw up the like pitch and yeah, like oh, timing yeah. of different songs. That's that's what it felt like to me. I just saw uh, <laughs> I just saw um, one that was Notorious B.I.G. to the tune of the Super Mario Brothers two theme song, and it's glorious. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, and I, and I was one of the guys griping about the late start, and that's because. It was also 9-16 in Winnipeg when this game started. Exactly. If, it, if this game was in Edmonton or in Phoenix or in Los Angeles or San Jose where it's 7 o'clock local time, then there's nothing to complain about it. But it's a 9-16 start in Winnipeg, too. And that town, like, shuts down completely. Everything closes by 10 o'clock there. I mean, that's small town there. So, like... I don't get it. I get okay, fine. I know hockey night in Canada, but can they have one Saturday where they don't have a double header? It's the league's fault for sending Calgary and Edmonton and Vancouver all out on the road at the same time. Yeah. There were none of the Western Canada teams playing at home. Well, and they had so, like what fifteen games today, and a couple were starting at like eleven o'clock. Yeah, but, like, but all the, the Canadian teams were out east. There were no West Coast Canadian. This was the furthest west, so I, I guess that's why they picked it. But why did it? You know, I don't know. Whatever. I, it's it's Canada night, hockey night in Canada. It, apparently, it dictates whatever it wants. Yeah, I, I, look, I mean, it happens. It's it's you know, it's a one or two time thing per season. But what the only thing that irked me was the bonus ceremony at the start. Yeah, like you could have started that earlier. You had plenty of time. You had people in the arena. How about that start to nine? And then you do a little like ice capades or some nice lights on the ice and some lasers and then start the game on time. That was that's the only complaint I have. Um, the other complaint I have, and you talked about the second period, Mario, and things sort of falling apart for the Hawks in there, which it's kind of been the trend all season. But the fact that, uh, you know, Tyler Johnson, we're going to get to the Lafferty thing, too. That Tyler Johnson penalty was BS, too. Everyone's in the corner digging for the puck, poking away to trying to free it. His stick happens to hit a skate, and the guy goes down. He gets called for tripping. That's a scrum. Guys go down in scrums all the time. So that was bad. Then Lafferty clearly following through on the shot uh, gets a four-minute high stick. I think we have that rule, Stephen. If you can put it up on the screen, uh, I can read it to the folks who are listening on the podcast. So this is rule 60.1 in your NHL hymnal. It says, uh, for high sticking to puck, uh, I'm sorry, a high stick is one which is carried above the height of the opponent's shoulders. Players must be in control and responsible for their stick. However, a player is permitted accidental contact on an opponent if the act is committed as a normal windup or follow through of a shooting motion or 
accidental contact on the opposing center who is bent over during the course of a faceoff. A wild swing at a bouncing puck would not be considered a normal windup or follow through, and any contact any contact to an opponent above the height of the shoulders shall be penalized accordingly. So I guess if the league is looking at this, they would call that the wild swing. It was not. Lafferty was shooting, and the puck was poked away from him. It was clearly a shot. Yeah. And he yeah. tries to shoot, and it hits the dude in the face, and it's four minutes, and Winnipeg scores, and there you go. You know, it's and the dude in the face was leaning down into it. It wasn't like yeah. sh- he came all the way up and the guy was standing straight up. Like it, I can't believe that they looked at it for like two minutes too. Yeah, like, they, and, were, they and, reviewed and, it, and then they got the call wrong, flat out wrong. Yeah, I mean that that was a follow through. I mean, whatever. In the long run, it didn't didn't matter. They killed off the five on three portion of it, but then they gave up. They, the Winnipeg still scored on that, uh, you know, the second half of that Lafferty penalty. But yeah, and it, correct me if I'm wrong uh, on that Johnson tripping penalty. Uh, who was the guy that went down rather easily? Was it was it the our, our buddy who took it in the weenie later in the game? <laughs> I think it was the Dylan, same guy. So maybe uh, a might might have been a little karma there. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at that play, but I want to say it was the same guy. Yeah. Um, I don't, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure, but that was I, I appreciated Troy Murray going high pitch. I'm not sure where it hit him. <laughs> oh Troy was enjoying that a little bit too much. I, like he I, wasn't sugarcoating it either. You knew <laughs> by the way he was on the ice writhing that that's exactly where he got it with the knees oh, up. I knew and it like, the, oh, yeah. the legs yeah. kicking. Oh, mm-hmm. and they really got a excellent angle <laughs> from behind the blue line on that one. Oh, right. it's so bad. You feel so bad for the dude. Yeah, that's brutal. I don't right. he, while he was on the ice, writhing in pain, wondering if he's ever going to have kids, the they, 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 the puck is still in play, and then yeah. someone takes another slap shot like directly over him, like he almost got hit twice. Yeah, it was that almost looked yeah. intentional. Like, oh, he's down. Let me just blast one off his his b hole while he's holding his <laughs> while he's holding his nugget pouch. Like it's just you know what I mean. Like it was almost like teeing up. But yeah, we, you know that this game again, fellas. Like we're just sort of dismissing it. Like, yep, that's this is. I think this is the kind of thing that Hawks fans want, right? You want a game where the team looks okay, they're not embarrassing themselves, they're in the game, and they lose. That is the ultimate perfect outcome in this game. Yep. And Columbus upset Toronto. Yeah, in Toronto, and, right? Yeah, and yeah. and Arizona took uh, Arizona took St. Louis to overtime. That's so a hey, good take night. Beautiful. And some a bunch of prospects had good nights. Basically, between now and and that March 2nd game against Dallas, the two questions most Hawk fans are gonna ask when they when they tune in, say, did the Hawks lose? And did anybody get hurt? Those are the only things you're gonna really be concerned about are the tank standings and make sure that those guys who who are gonna be your trade chips don't get hurt. Well, it was really good to see Jared Tenorti uh, play things safe in this one and not take any yeah. unnecessary risks. Yeah, right. I, I mean, look, I, the whole, like, that guy's a warrior thing. I love Jared Tenorti. The dude's a badass. That was a dumbass thing to do. Yeah. Your jaw is like mashed potatoes right now with some string mixed in. You know what I mean? Like, the fact that you're on the ice is is nothing short of a miracle. You were just able to remove your face cage. You had, what, like 50 to 100 stitches. Then your jaw got shattered maybe don't drop the gloves on an innocuous exchange in front of the bench. Especially since it was something stupid. It wasn't like somebody took a run and hit Patrick Kane from behind and you're defending a teammate. I mean, maybe he just wants right. Ian Mitchell to play more. 
Maybe. Maybe he's like, yeah. well, this is dumb. This kid deserves a play. Let me injure my job. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's it, yeah. It's I I couldn't. I, I was shocked when when they you know cut to cut back from the game action and it was Tenorti fighting Adam Lowry like a, a legit heavyweight yep. fight and just watching that fight like you could kind of tell I don't know if both of them were but definitely Lowry was kind of like hey I, I I don't think I'm gonna try and like bean you right in the chin you know it was they it, they weren't you know. I, I don't think that was the full bore yeah, from but, both guys. And when the fight was over, they had a conversation. I, I have to imagine Lowry was saying like, Hey man, like I'm not going to try and like break your jaw, uh, you know, again over this, you know, a, a, a situation that didn't really necessarily uh, garner well, a, a fight. Yeah. And Michael says uh, he likes Tenorti, but Wolf, can someone else jump in for the guy? There's nothing to jump in on. There was a he right. put a, a decent hit on one of the Jets players, uh, and, and Lowry stepped in and they chatted and dropped the gloves. Like those sort of confrontations happen twenty times in the course of a game. It was a nothing burger until Tenorti dropped the gloves, and it, I think even Lowry, like you said, Mario, was kind of like, "What? What do we do? Okay, like why? You know?" Yeah. And I think both guys were sort of half-hearted in the fight. And maybe Jared's like, please don't hit me too hard. Like, let's just do this symbolically. You know, I think yeah. it was one of those things where That's like, felt like. Yeah. the natural instinct of George, Jared Tenorti kicked in. And in the second, like they started going, he was almost like, oh crap, what am I doing? Like, I forgot. Yeah. I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. You're not, can we not do this? But well, kind of make it look like we're doing this, but not <laughs> do it. Well, and on the, on the broadcast too, um, I don't remember if it was either Troy or, or, or uh, Chris Foster's that, uh, that mentioned it, but said that, you know, Luke Richardson, when he, when he was asked about Tenorti's, um, you know, where, where he's at now, health, you know, health wise with, with the, with his uh, jaw and everything, he was just saying like structurally that that's not necessarily the, the biggest issue. He said the biggest issue might be actually the, the, the nerves in that area might be hypersensitive still. So oh. he said it might not, you know, you might not have any structural worry, but it might hurt way more to to take a punch or anything like that than than it normally would. So I wonder if maybe, you know, he he decided to to go for the fight, and then the first first punch from Lowry, you know, glances him or, or hits him, and he's just like, oh shoot, like that's this, you know, stings him more than it normally would, and might have you know made him think twice about it. But look, like you commend the guy for for going out there and 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 doing you know sticking up for first teammate. I feel like we we are arbitrarily required to say that. Yeah, right. Um, but but uh, you know the did it did it turn into the team you know picking things up? Maybe uh, clearly they did pick up after that. Um, but you know scoring scoring the goal if it doesn't happen without Tenori's fight, did they also kind of pick it up? Probably. But I just I just think like it's it's a tough position to be in and that's a few minutes into the third period. Why does it have to wait? Why do you have to wait to play 41, 42 minutes of hockey and then have a guy who's got his, his, he just started eating solid food a couple of days ago, have to drop the gloves for the team to wake up from, you know, being down three, nothing to be like, Hey, maybe we should, you know, muster something up here. Yeah. Like, why does it have to take that? I don't, I don't even know if at no point in the game was I really questioning the Hawks effort. Uh, I don't think Jared Tenorti getting punched in the face repeatedly led to a rebound goal 
that Tyler Johnson dove and poked in the alpha Hellebuck rebound off a screen. Like those things, there has been, there have been studies done about the immediate after effects of a fight. And there is no measurable, uh, you know, proof of anything that like it leads to momentum or it helped. In fact, I think if this is pretty old, but what I read years ago was typically the team that air quotes wins the fight gives up the next goal more often than not statistically. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't do anything. And I get like the players like to see it and it fires them up, whatever. But I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think they were asleep, especially for a team that played last night and an emotional overtime game, then flew to Winnipeg, then played a late night game. They had every excuse to be flat and they played pretty well for 60 minutes. And I don't think the fact that they happened to poke a rebound past Hellebuck after the fight, that's a coincidence to me. I don't think it's yeah. causal. I, as I've always said, hockey players walk a very fine line between bravery and stupidity. Yes. And, and we saw that with that. And I hated the fact that the Hawks played well and scored right after that goal. Cause then of course, <laughs> yeah, and I love Chris Foster's and Troy Murray, but of course, we had to hear that BS about, well, look at Tenorti. He's got this team all playing well ever since that happened. <sighs> Give me a break. I'm sorry. No, no. And and listen, I have covered enough games. I've watched enough hockey. I, I, I've been to enough AHL games where you see a lot more of that. And I have been to games where a guy, a leader, drops the gloves. And, yeah, it does change the momentum of a game. I, I've seen it. But that is just an overused and most of the time not true lazy narrative to say, well, that fight got him playing well. You know, maybe it got him a boost of energy, but you still, you know, more times than not, as you said, Jay, it doesn't it doesn't do that. So, you know, um, yeah, I, I – Yeah. Just seeing that whole exchange, that whole – you know, they, they see the guys dropping gloves. I'm like, that's not Tonorti. Son, what are you doing? Like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, yep. give it like two or three games at least before you do it. Maybe he wanted to try it out. Maybe he was like, you know what? <laughs> Punch me. I need to see if this hurts. Yeah, it was dumb. I, I, you know, I'm glad he's back. You know, he brings an element that the Hawks sort of lack, that physicality. But a guy who's been through I remember a couple weeks ago when Luke was just talking about how miserable of an experience that is. You know, mm-hmm. like having the jaw wired shut and you're just eating like gruel for weeks and weeks and weeks. Like, come on, man. We, this yeah. team, you're, they're better with him on the ice, I think. And he had to spend Thanksgiving with his jaw wired shut. That's yeah. got to oh be God, just would, hell. It'd be the worst. Gonna, for, for a fat guy, that's got to be hell. That's you know, cool. I can't imagine going through that and to sit there and be like, well, you know, that sucked, but go ahead and punch me in the face. Let's do that again. Mm-hmm. I don't you know, but I'm Maybe. not. Uh, maybe he know. got in a maybe he got an affinity for for pizza milkshakes. There you go. I mean, you could still have them. He doesn't have to have his jaw wires shut to have one. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. It's, it's, you can you can you can put anything you want in a blender at any time with with a working jaw or a non-working jaw. All right, fellas, I have an idea. Why don't we do our four stars of the game and our king of the game, and then we will move on to some more exciting uh, prospect news in the next segment. I know a couple people have some questions about. You're never gonna guess trades mm. so let's do the four stars of the game right now 
Sounds good. Oh, yeah. No music. Okay. The number three star <laughs> in the game. Counter Hellebuck is your number three star of the game, stopping 31 of 32 Blackhawk shots on goal. He was good. Josh Morrissey, perpetual Blackhawks killer. He had a very solid game, a goal, an assist. He was a plus two, 2206 of ice time. Two shots on goal, three more shot attempts, three hits, and three block shots. That's getting it done, my friend. That's a solid game. And Blake Wheeler, your number one star of the game. Two goals, an assist. He was a plus one, 1708 of ice time. Uh, two shots on goal. So at my last count, that's 100% shooting. Two shots on two goals. And he was the <laughs> the lone jet who could put it into the empty net at the end of the game. That was that was pretty comical. So uh, my four star goes to Philip Kurashev who could have had a number of goals in this game, but just did not have the puck luck. Finished a minus one, 1853 of ice time, five shots on goal. Him and Tyler Johnson uh, both led the team with five shots. He also had two more shot attempts and a block shot. So a nice game for Kurashev. And man, I really hope that this kid can start putting games together, stringing good performances, because I feel like he'll have two or three really good games and then we don't see or hear from him for a week, you know, yeah. and it's that's what and he's getting to the age now and he's old, but he should be reaching that part in his career where consistency is more normal, right? He's had a top six role most of the year. He's getting opportunities on power play too. like it's time for Philip Kurashev to start stacking solid performances and making them the norm. And if he can do that, they've got something in him. But the consistency is is sorely lacking from him. Uh, I really would love to see more games like we saw from him tonight. Yeah, what I do appreciate though is, and it's probably mostly just because of the way the roster is constructed. He's when he has those games where they're not as great as he can be, he's still sitting on that second line, top play, still top six. Other coaches in the past wouldn't have done that. They would have jerked him around, and the second he had a bad game. Uh, you know, he'd be on the fourth line or he'd be healthy scratch. So I do appreciate that Luke Richardson is like, you're a top six forward. You're staying there. Maybe not by choice, but just because, <laughs> you know, the way it is. But that's good. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Tyler Johnson, the lone goal scorer. And um, we always kind of um, – when we're watching the games, especially when we're all at home, we, we put in our little chat who we're picking, and I, I put in Tyler Johnson, four-star, the second he scored the goal. But he was I was already kind of leaning his way because I was reading the stats after the second period, and the only reason I didn't call him at that point was because it's like, well, that line was on the ice for the two five-on-five five goals against. But he had the goal. Uh, he had five shots on goal, and uh, what was it? Is it 10 or 11? My math is bad. 11 shot attempts tonight. Yep. So Tyler Johnson was feeling it tonight. Uh, he will get my fourth star of the game. And every time that guy scores a goal, it's 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 a feel-good kind of goal just for all the adversity he's faced since arriving in the Chicago. So it's nice to see him uh, contribute and would love to see him just play every game from here on out and be healthy and productive. Be great. Yeah, I think it was uh, might have been Ben Pope um, published a story uh, before today's game that uh, about Tyler Johnson and how he's you know trying to to stay positive through a injury riddled uh, start to his Blackhawks tenure. Um, I think it was a uh, the stat was he has played fifty games going into tonight and has missed eighty two. God, 
Like that is a minus 32 games played differential, which is not uh, not what you want to see. But yeah, being able to uh, to to get on the board tonight, just be consistently healthy. Like when every every game that he's been in, that when he's been healthy, I feel like for the most part he's been super effective. It's just he hasn't been able to stay on the ice. So hopefully he can string some of that together because you know he he seems to be a you know a guy that clicks with with this roster right now um and you know maybe if he finishes this season healthy goes into next season healthy i think next season is his last on his on his current deal maybe this time next year we're talking about a a healthy tyler johnson who's being effective who you know maybe finds his way to another team on on a you know on a rental as a as a depth addition who's been there before who can uh you know help uh, help another contender this time next year yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, one year left uh, after this one at $5 million, But, you know, you get to the trade deadline, the Hawks retain half the salary, and he becomes a very desirable depth piece mm-hmm. for uh, for a contender. And I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know if <laughs> that's certainly not going to happen this year because no one's taking $5 million of Tyler Johnson next year. But no. uh, hopefully he's another piece at next deadline. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'm going to shock you guys with this pick, but my fourth star of the night uh, and the top blue line getter, uh, according to the blue lines, was uh, Mr. Jake McCabe. <laughs> he had the uh, he had the assist on the uh, on the lone Blackhawks goal. Uh, he was uh, had the had the assist a plus one, so that improves him to a plus four on the year for this team, which is a minus sixty one uh, goal differential. So uh, that is, I don't I don't usually put a lot of. Um, put a lot of eggs in the plus minus basket, but uh, with Jake McKay being a plus four on a minus 61 team, um, that's, that's not nothing to, uh, to, to scoff at uh, his assist. I believe came off his only shot on goal because it was a rebound three blocks in uh, 17 and a half minutes of ice time tonight, him and Seth Jones, uh, the two most effective players based off of uh, game score tonight. And on arguably they've, all season, when those two have been put together, they have been mostly the most effective defensive pair night in and night out. And we've talked about it before. You can you can trace back Seth Jones is kind of you know coming back upwards uh, trajectory this season. You can trace that back to when him and McCabe were put together. Um, so a good a good game works. tonight. Just keep stringing good games together for for Jake McCabe. Stay healthy. And, uh, you know, once once Chickren's off the board, uh, McCabe, uh, McCabe should be uh, should be the next top pro, uh, top top trade uh, trade target out there. I, I have a proposal uh, that for when Jake McCabe's time with the Blackhawks comes to an end, whether it's in two and a half weeks or it's in two and a half years when his contract is over, we rename this segment the CHGO Jake McCabe Memorial Four Star <laughs> of the Game. <laughs> Seriously. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Now that Dylan Strom's gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's all his. Uh, all right. We're going to tell you about our DraftKings King of the Game and get to your questions and talk about some prospects. But first, Mario's going to tell you about some delicious beer. Yeah. Goose Island. Heard yep. of them? They are uh, the official beer partner of uh, uh, of us here at CHGO. Uh, recently came on uh, as, a, as the official beer sponsor, supporting us. Uh, Chicago's beer since 1988, a match made in Chicago heaven. 
us in Goose Island. Um, of course, if you uh, are watching on the uh, YouTube channel, you'll see uh, my nice Blackhawks hat here. Got that uh, yesterday. Yeah, that's sweet. Uh, prior to the uh, prior to the very successful CHGO takeover uh, event that happened uh, yesterday. Uh, it was a great time. We were at the Goose Island Pub. I thought, you know what? I need a I need a new Blackhawks hat. I was in the Madhouse store, and I was just like, you know what? That one looks just like the Goose Island Blackhawks Pale Ale uh, beer can design, and I don't think it's by coincidence. So I said, that is a perfect hat for me to have uh, because I love the design. I love Goose Island, and I love the Blackhawks. It's, hey, triple Boom. threat, right? Uh, Goose Island, of course, the Blackhawks Pale Ale, their limited release honoring the Blackhawks. They also have the Bulls City 312, uh, which is a limited release honoring the Bulls. So you'll see uh, Matt Peck uh, definitely enjoying some of those in between hat tosses on the Bulls postgame show uh, on any given night. And of course, the the Bourbon County Stout, the Beer Hug IPA series, which if you are a uh, an IPA fan, I've heard great reviews out of that. Uh, of course, the Green Line and Matilda as well, all part of their uh, tremendous beer lineup. And of course, the 312, the staple of Goose Island's lineup. Uh, if you have any uh, desire to go get yourself a, a 312 right from their taps, you can do so at two of their local locations. They're open and ready to welcome you. You can get a beer right from their innovation tanks at the Goose Island Tap Room located at 1800 West Fulton. Or get yourself a smash burger and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne Brew House. That's located at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickup, go to gooseisland.com slash locations. Again, Goose Island Beer Company, the official beer sponsor of CHGO. Yeah, show the back of the hat. People are asking. The, the uh, give, me a, give me a super chat and I'll show you the back. Oh, <laughs> I'll show you feet no, for no, the it's 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 not as it's not as good as the feet but uh yeah yeah that's that's cool oh they have that they had that uh neon in the atrium yeah it's uh, a little little neon of uh i'm sure that's patrick kane yeah definitely who they're uh, or callum blackwell and you could take one of those uh cool 312 pizza stickers that uh danny wartz grabbed a few of last night and slapped that on the hat nobody will people think it's part of the design too there Why not? Go. Hey, if you're if you're slapping pizza on a hat, you can call it a Chicago hat. That's it. Cubs fans yeah. will know about that. Beautiful. Uh, hey, tomorrow, actually today, later today, is the big game. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. Central to see what prop bet will be boosted. Cannot wait for the game tomorrow. I'm going to fill myself with wings and buffalo chicken dip and bean dip and probably some beef and all sorts of things. Uh, but I'm Thank definitely going to wear off on Monday. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to yeah, say. Really. <laughs> Uh, I'll be in the hospital, but it'll be worth it. Um, but make sure you download the app. Use that code CHGO and get all your bets in in time for kickoff tomorrow. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and... Alan K, thank you for the five dollar super chat. We will not show feet, but we will show hat occasionally. Um, 
This is going to lead nicely into our next segment. It is time for our DraftKings King of the Game. And our King of the Game tonight is no other than Michigan superstar and Blackhawks prospect Frank Nazar. Future Hall of Famer Frank Nazar. Oh, yeah. For the Wolverines, scored a goal, just toying with the Michigan State goaltender. Four shots on goal. He had an assist on the board as well that got taken down. Michigan won that game with less than a second left in overtime. I was watching it on ESPN+. (laughs) It was at the Little Caesars Arena, a full crowd. Michigan, Michigan State, awesome atmosphere. And Frank Nazar, uh, he announced his arrival in style, scoring Mm -hmm. the goal and then giving the phone gesture of, I'm back. I'm back, man. The kids got some swag. The kids got a ton of skill. And uh, Steven, I think I did. We send a tweet with the video of the goal that we can show. I think it was uh, Charlie Romeliotis's tweet. Christian Krieger. Krieger turned it over. Off to Nazar. A three-on-one for Michigan. Nazar shoots and scores. Farthest goal of the year for Nazar. There he is. Ooh, silky mitts, man. I like, I like that's one too. Fun. 91 like is a good that. number. Yeah. Yeah. That kid that kid's gonna own this city in a couple of years. I showed uh, my daughter and she goes, Oh, oh go, here we go. <laughs> I'm like, no, <laughs> too young. No puck bunnies yet. Stop. Oh god. Oh lord. Uh but she's like, Oh, yeah. It's just oh. The same reaction <laughs> she had to me showing her young Rob Lowe. Oh. Oh man! <laughs> and then she turns as red as Mario's sweatshirt. Uh, so yeah, Frank Nazar is gonna gonna run this town, and hopefully sooner than later. But just great to see him back. That highlight, by the way, courtesy of uh, ESPN. I think it was you, but we'll say ESPN yeah. in general. Um, just a beautiful goal. And last night we tweeted it out. Uh, an awesome between the legs pass on a two on one. Uh, I I didn't see which Michigan player it was. But they weren't able to score, but just. Went between the legs for a perfect pass on the tape. The kid is the kid's a stud, and to come back with two games that impressively and star, uh, just awesome. So again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use that code CHGO, and if you're a new customer, you bet five bucks and get two hundred in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. With that code CHGO, yeah. uh, we've got some other prospect news too. Kevin Korchinski. Scores tonight, yep. so he continues Se- his hot play. Seventh goal of the season for for him. Uh, believe that is forty seven points in thirty six WHL games this year. Is that good? That's not bad. Okay, uh, that's right. that's pretty good. Look, like it is no surprise. It's no coincidence that a friend of the program Scott Wheeler uh, moved up the Blackhawks twenty spots in his midseason. Uh, prospect system rankings from last year to this year uh, at this time of year. So, look, uh, let's. Uh, the, the, it was outside of the Blackhawks playing tonight. It was prospect night for the for the Blackhawks. So, a, a ton of guys were scoring. Uh, and future Blackhawk Connor Bedard with a ho hum five point night, three goals <laughs> and two assists for Connor Bedard uh, against the Moose Jaw Warriors. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Who else scored for the Hawks uh, prospects tonight? Uh, your buddy Samuel Savoie scored his twenty well, third I mean, of the season. Everyone know that you don't even have to talk about that. That's like <laughs> darn. It's, it's going to happen. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Whenever Savoie comes up, I don't know why it's just become my thing. It's no, my guy. It yeah, he scored. Uh, Aiden Thompson with Denver uh, scored a goal as well. Yeah, Gavin uh, Hayes oh scored one. Who? Who's Gavin it? Hayes. 
Gavin Hayes, yeah, who yep. was uh, we I, I took a little time to kind of focus on him and Savoie in the last uh, edition of the Rebuild Report, which came out um, yesterday morning. Uh, like the 2022 draft class, Kyle Davidson's first. Um, from top to bottom, you can point at pretty much every guy and and pick out some very uh, intriguing aspects of their game. Um, you know, honestly, obviously, Korchinski, Nazar, Renzel, the three first round picks highlight that class. But guys like Gavin Hayes, uh, who was uh, selected with a, a pick they got in the DeBrincat trade, the uh, the often overlooked, uh, you know, pick in that uh, in that draft because of that trade. He's no slouch. He's over point per game in, in the OHL, playing a, a, a big role for, for the Flint Firebirds this season. Uh guy with some some good size and and a nice scoring touch like it's never a bad thing to have um you know uh you look at a guy like paul ludwinski uh who's a you know not a not a big point producer but a high energy guy a, a big uh has has a, a ton of, of of speed to his game um he's a guy that you know you you look at could could be like you know, a comparable right now would be like a Sam Lafferty, like a guy who's uh, a guy who's, you know, going to play hard, 100 percent play in that middle middle six, uh, have the speed to his game. If, if he can kind of round out some scoring touch as he as he progresses down his development path, he's going to be a real problem to deal with. Um, Savoie, obviously, you know, we've talked about it a number of times. Um, the Andrew Shaw comparisons as I'm watching him this year is just like I, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing, you know, the, the the grittiness in his game and the ability to 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 score at the junior level that at the rate that he's at right now is is really impressive. Um, even down to a, a guy that you know Greg's had some eyes on uh, this season, the the seventh round pick out of Finland, R- uh, Riku Tokila. Um, he's put up some impressive numbers in in the Finnish junior leagues as well. Like there's guys top to bottom out of Kyle Davidson's first draft class that there's excitement about each one of them. And that gets me excited about what Davidson and and his management group and, and his scouting staff, what they can do going into this year's draft class, where we already know they have at least two first round picks, at least two second round picks, at least two third round picks. Like there's, there's, there's some excitement, and especially in a deep draft too. Like there's really, uh, for me personally, there's a lot of excitement to see what they can do because what the 2022 draft class looked like initially and what it's looked like this season is uh, you, you really can hang your hat on it already. Yeah, it's exciting. We need, we, we need to clip that for in the, in the unfortunate, um, if we don't get the number one pick when everybody says, well, the rebuild is a failure because you didn't get Connor Bedard. Just play that what you just said for the last two minutes about last year's draft class and all the picks we're going to have this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Counter Bedard is the ultimate cherry on top of the rebuild Sunday, but you don't, you can still have a pretty damn good tasting Sunday without that cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, and a quick note, the Rockford ice hogs tonight. Um, I don't know if you saw it last night, they were playing a home and home series with the Milwaukee admirals. And top goaltending prospect Yaroslav Askarov out of Russia for the Predators. 
They, they won the Admirals wanted a shootout last night when he made the last save. He kind of like got on his back and pulled down the, the crossbar and was like lifting the net like <laughs> he was awesome. doing bench presses. <laughs> that was I, great. I, I tweeted it out on my Twitter account so you could see it there. And I loved it. It was great. But it's like, well, you got to play these guys the very next night. And the Ice Hogs, Isaac Phillips, guy we're familiar with here. 34 seconds into the game said F you and scored the first goal of the game. I was like, why don't you, why don't you bench press this, pal? But the Ice Hawks lost in another shootout. A 15-round shootout tonight they lost. And this was the seventh straight game that's needed to go past regulation for the Ice Hawks. By the way, so this was their... Sorry, so that's seven games in a row with at least one point. But this is their seventh straight game that needed at least overtime or a shootout to be decided, and they lose in a 15-round shootout. That's I was thinking incredible. about this last night. Have the Hawks been in a shootout this year? Yes. Yeah. yeah. One or two. All right, not Kirby, many, right? Kirby Doc scored a oh, shootout yeah, winner. Kirby yeah, Doc, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Kirby Doc game. And that's the only reason we remember that. <laughs> that's yeah. it. There you go. Uh, a couple of people in the chat asking about some other prospects. Alan K says Ryan Green of yes. Boston University is having a great season, 25 games. He's got seven goals and 15 assists. And uh, sorry, let me go here. Ace says he hasn't heard much about Nils Juntorp. Uh, Juntorp with HV, I'm sorry, with the Dubuque Fighting Saints this year in the USHL. He's got 11 goals and 10 assists in 36 games. Uh, 19-year-old left winger from Sviden. Uh, so he's in the USHL. So when the Fighting Saints come to town to play the uh, Steel, go check them out. The Dubuque Fighting Saints, by the way, awesome uniforms. Yes. Former home of Johnny Gaudreau. There's a really good piece in The Athletic about Johnny Gaudreau's time in Dubuque. Very cool about like how he didn't eat anything but chicken nuggets. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, what else are you going to get in Dubuque? <laughs> All right, good point. But it's, uh, it was good stuff. So check that out. It's, it's old, but uh, it was worth reading. Yeah. Um, all right, we've got a couple questions about the trade uh, deadline before we go make fun of the LA Kings, uh, and they so deserve it. We got a comment from Mongo uh, who calls to mind Pierre Lebrun's mention that Jake McCabe is getting a lot of looks from competitors. Um, Hawks want a first round pick, might retain half. Decent return if it happens. Seems good to, to me, says Mongo. Uh, I'm if 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 the GM on the other line does not say first rounder, I'm hanging up. I don't Jay yeah. McCabe's value has never been higher. Um, I'm not trading him for anything less than anything less than a, than a first. And even if that you, I'm thinking about. Right. Yeah. I, I think, you know, if, if you can get a guy who can play in, in your top four um, for the next two years at $2 million and be uh, as effective as Jake McCabe uh, has been pretty consistently over his career. And, and especially this season, um, you know, getting 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 things done to 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 get healthy and uh, and put together the season that he has on this Blackhawks team. Like, imagine what he can do with with a team that's in contention. You know, for for the playoffs and and you know could be real contenders for a Stanley Cup. Like, he can go in and not necessarily have to be a top line guy like he is here. He can be that that second pair guy that plays on the penalty kill, plays tough minutes, um, plays plays against top top opposition. And can be effective. He's a, a physical presence. He's, he uh, leads the Blackhawks in hits this season. Uh, he's in the top 20 in the league in hits. He's in the top 20 in the league in block shots. I believe he's second uh, on the team in block shots this year. At least he was going into this game behind Connor Murphy. Um, and again, like I said, a plus four on this Blackhawks team um, is 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 honestly like one of those stats where you're like, well, 
that's kind of crazy. So it's there. There's definitely an effectiveness to his game that is is doesn't always show up on 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 the score sheet. But he's a guy that honestly, as 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 a as a player, I think he's built to play in the playoffs. He just never oh, has yeah. before. So I, I think he definitely is is worth it to a team that is in uh, in go for it mode now and would also then benefit from two more years of him at at two million dollars um, if and when the Blackhawks would retain half salary on him. Like uh, I don't I, I hear so much about Vladislav Gavrikov and I'm like Jake McCabe is better. Like yeah, why better. are so many people fawning over, over especially Gavrikov in a play- like that? Especially in a playoff role, you know, like Jake McCabe. Reminds me a lot of Nicholas Jalmerson, and I know that that's like sacrilege around here because he was on a great team. But like we talk about often, where would this player fit on the dynasty teams? And Jake McCabe's in your top four on those Stanley Cup teams. I think I think he is. You know what I mean? I I just I love his game. He's getting better and better. Um, again, he was all all the way to the right and the blue lines in this one. He's been fantastic. And uh, I, I'm not. It's not a guy. I'm just moving to move. And if it's not a first round pick, like um, no roids. I'm sorry. He's asking about Kane. But anyway, if a team's not going to give me a first round pick for him, then what's the sort of prospect level we're talking here? Are we talking right. about a top fifty in the league prospect? Is that not good enough? Top thirty five in the league prospect? Like if it's not going to be a first, like what's the least you guys are willing to give up for Jake McCabe? Yeah, you gotta to you, you gotta you gotta talk about you know a prospect that's a first round caliber at that point. Then, if that's gonna be the case, yeah. If I'm not getting a first round pick, I'm probably hanging up. But if you're gonna give me a guy that can be a legit top six forward in two seasons, I'm I'm listening. Sure. Um, but you know you're gonna get. And if I'm a team that that has like long tradition of struggling to find defensemen, this guy solves your problem for this year and the next two years. And then that's something you don't have to address on the free agent market. So you can use your precious uh, uh, salary cap dollars to go fill another hole because you don't have to sign that defenseman for $7 million this off season. You got a guy for two years at $2.2 million. If that's not worth a first round pick, Ideally, you know, more probably the thirtieth overall pick in this draft is that if that's not worth that to you, then I'm moving on. Mm-hmm. And, and we've talked about it for the last three, four weeks. How good Seth Jones has become playing with Jake McCabe. If I'm a team that has a younger, offensive-minded defenseman that kind of struggles in his own end, Jake McCabe is the perfect guy to put with a guy like that. So now that player that can concentrate more on being the offensive minded guy and be more aggressive because he knows he's got Jake McCabe to get back and help him in his own end. That, I mean, just look what he's done for Seth Jones. He made yep. him an all-star for cry, crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lebowski but, says uh, McCabe is a third pairing player on the dynasty Hawks. Keith Seabrook, Jalmerson, Oduya McCabe. I think McCabe's better than Oduya. I have, I have no problem with him being, the number five on, on some of those teams. I think he would be the number five, not based on talent, but just because putting Jarmelson and McCabe together kind of were a little redundant there. Those got kind of the same style where Oduya and, 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 uh, 
Jarmelson's styles played a little better off of each other. And of course, there was the Keith and Seabrook dynamic, and Jarmerson or Duya had that to a degree where McCabe would probably be really good as your fifth defender with, you know, McCabe and Brian Campbell as your third pairing and that 2010 team. Jeez. God. Yeah. That'd be good. Um, that, that would have been, yeah, phenomenal. Fate versus Will with a comment says only three salary retention slots. Got to be careful how they're used. That's true, but if you're retaining on Kane and Taves, that retention is gone after the season. You're only retaining right. for the remainder of this year. So then you get the two more. If you all if you do the same with Jake McCabe, you've got two more retentions available. You know next year and right. beyond. So yes, you're right. You can only retain three, but if you're talking Taves, Kane, McCabe, uh, two of those will be gone as of July 1st or whatever date you want to place on it, those will be gone after this year. And they're not, re- they're not retaining any salary on anybody right now because, because Con- Brett Connolly and Henrik Borgstrom, remember them, uh, their buyouts and Keith is a cap recapture. So any, any money that's dead on them right now is, is not through retaining on trades. So and those the Keith slots recap- are currently open. And the Keith recapture is done after this year anyway, right? No, Cause this would have been, Next year, okay. yeah. no, it's this year, is it not? No, oh, there's one one point nine three eight left uh, recapture penalty next year. Okay, ah, uh, yeah, right. you're right. Yep. So, and yeah. then uh, Connolly is one point one six, actually one point one seven, and then uh, Borgstrom is one hundred eighty three thousand uh, dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> next year. So, not a big deal, but uh, yeah. So it's one night of parking that, receipts. That's a really good good call out uh, there. Fade versus Will. Just to clarify, you can't just do it with everybody. So right. there's mm-hmm. that. Um, the other thing to keep an eye on, uh, Coyotes defenseman Jacob Chikrin was held out of the game tonight against the Blues, uh, and the PR staff said, for trade reasons, which I thought was very interesting. I yeah. checked in hey. on PHNX before we started, and they said nothing is imminent. Uh, our buddy Craig Morgan actually said he could play for the Coyotes on Monday, uh, but things are heating up. You've seen Tarasenko go. It looks like Chikrin will happen soon. I hope, you know, Patrick Kane can complain all he wants about the Rangers no longer being an option. You've got to shit or get off the pot, man. Like, if you want to go, now is the time to let the GM know because as other teams see guys fall off the board, they're going to panic and they want to get stuff done and they're not going to wait. All right, we really want Patrick Kane. We're going to wait, 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 wait. Okay, Kane doesn't want to be traded. Now all the other options we had are gone. And now the Hawks are left without a partner and Kane's left without a destination and same for Taves and everybody is screwed. So they've got to act. They've got to say what they want to do quickly here because things are starting to move. And kudos to the Coyotes for flat out saying, hey, we're going to trade this guy soon and we don't want him to get hurt. Like, thank you for the transparency. Yeah. As as opposed to, you know, anytime Patrick Kane or Jonathan Taves has a maintenance day, we got to listen to on our Twitter accounts. Oh, my God. Did they get traded? They get traded like, you know. Just say, hey, we don't want this guy to get hurt. We're, yeah. we're going to trade him. I, so yeah, it's a good good job by the Coyotes for just being honest. Yeah, I think I, I think with practice being held out of practice, calling it a maintenance day, like that's we've seen that m- many many times. Like that's there's, yeah, there's every time, no reason to doubt every it. time he's being traded. He's being traded. <laughs> like stop. Yeah, but yeah, I, I mean, as, as as we you know when we talked with um, Danny Wirtz and Jimmy Faulkner uh, last week they put an emphasis on trying to be more transparent with, with what the organization is doing and, and being, being more transparent with the fans. So I wouldn't be surprised if we get to a point where 
uh, Jonathan Taze and or Patrick Kane have publicly, you know, the, the, the knowledge is out there that they have waived their no trade clause. If they are held out of a game, I wouldn't be surprised if the Blackhawks uh, put out a release that said, you know what, Patrick Kane is being scratched tonight because of trade considerations or anything like that. Like if that if that hypothetical comes comes to be, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the team does that something that they probably wouldn't have done uh, in, in years past. Um, one thing I did want to I did want to bring up since we're you know talking about it, uh, Scott Powers and Mark Lazarus in their uh, latest for the athletic kind of put together a little a, a little summary of what they're what they themselves are hearing about the the upcoming trade deadline and and the first note I thought was really interesting um the black it says uh the quote here is the Blackhawks aren't fully convinced uh Kane or Taze are going to ask to be traded they feel the Blackhawks like Kane is about 50 50 to ask out and Taze has lower odds than that um and then continuing uh, on a separate note it says, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, it was always a possibility that Kane to the Rangers could have happened. It remains a possibility that other potential Kane suitors might not have the patience to wait for his timeline like the Rangers decided not to do. The longer Kane waits to make a decision and possibly hand over a list of teams to Kyle Davidson, the less likely Davidson will be able to get a deal done. And that's, that. that is an important reminder. And I think everyone here knows this, but in case you're checking us out for the first time, or whatever there is, if that's what happens, you cannot blame Kyle Davidson for that. No, you just People can't, will, but you can't, he did not <laughs> sign them to those deals. He did not give them to the no movement clauses. Uh, he is honoring the no movement clauses and has been very clear. If you guys want to trade, let me know. I'll make it happen. I will get it done. Meanwhile, they continue to drag their feet while the league continues to do business. So if these guys remain and walk for nothing, it is not Kyle Davidson's fault. It is not Danny Wirtz's fault or Jamie Faulkner's fault, or even the fault of he who shall not be named. It is the fault of Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. And look, they are well within their rights to say, I signed a no movement clause. I don't want to be moved. We'll talk in the summer. Maybe we'll come back. Maybe not. But it was our right to not get traded. And it's true. But if you're mm-hmm. going to be pissed at anybody about it, and you, you don't necessarily have to be, it is what it is. But if you're going to be mad about it, make sure your anger is directed in the right direction because it's not at Kyle Davidson. It's not at he who shall not be named. It's not at Danny or Jamie or anybody aside from those two guys who have made that decision. So, and I'm not yeah. going to be mad at them. If they want to stay, cool. Let's have a nice farewell party for the rest of the year, right? Mm-hmm. I ain't mad about yep. it. All right, well, that's the, the thing that, that's the thing that concerns me more is not all the, the all this talk about the hip injury and people being scared away with that. I'm more concerned of the people being scared away because they don't want to wait. Right. Yep. And that's frustrating, you know, because if you're feeling like they both want to leave or one of them wants to leave and they're just like. Humming just say it already. Just say it. Just do it. Do it one way or the other. Just do it already so we can. Yeah. Get on with our lives. And I know yeah. Patrick Kane's listening. So I'll just tell you, like, everyone here <laughs> loves you and, and thanks you for the memories. And the day you finish, you hang up your skates, you'll sign that one-day contract like Marion hosted. Your banner will go up. Your statue will begin construction. And you will be remembered as the one of the, if not the greatest Blackhawk of all time. But no one's going to be pissed if you decide to go. We have been dealing with this reality for over a year, knowing that Kane and Taves can leave. People have dealt with it. People have already mourned it, right? 
So feel free to go win somewhere else. I think most of the city is going to wish you well and be rooting for you as long as you don't go to the Blues. <laughs> Which I don't think you. Will. I don't think it's going to happen. All right, let's no, make fun of the, the Kings. They're not in the market anyway. <laughs> uh, the Kings tonight uh, retired a jersey, and if you didn't see the news, I'll give you five hundred guesses on who it was, and you probably won't come up with the answer. Dustin Brown, who was, in fairness, the captain for a while, and won Stanley Cups with them, of course. Not only did he get his number retired, he got a statue. Dustin Brown got a statue and and two two <laughs> and, <laughs> the rain doopa loopa is that ridiculous oh my god why is it why is it missing an eye why is his face gold why did they put up a why did they put up a statue of Brian Cranston from uh, Breaking I Bad? I, I hope <laughs> in that's in front of the arena. Th- that was what I saw. I, I don't have a credit for this, unfortunately. I saw this cycling on Twitter. I believe this to be real because you see the hands are gold. It's not like there's a photoshopped face on there. I guess all human skin is gold. Um, <laughs> boy, that is that is troublesome. I don't like no, that. I'm gonna have nightmares yeah. about that. Yeah, that is that is the the the. <laughs> that is the real statue and to our knowledge as as greg was was pointing out to us before the show this i believe is the second statue that dustin brown has in his honor of a he's part of a collage of all-time greats that they did for their 50th anniversary so yeah and and as i said on on twitter i said well if dustin brown's getting a statue are they just going to rename the uh the uh bit Bitcoin Ponzi scheme center after Anze Kopitar when he gets, you know, because if Brown gets a if Brown gets a statue, they need to rename the team after Anze Kopitar. Yeah. Might the as Los well. Angeles Anzies or whatever you want to call them. But uh, the <laughs> that's Angie's the Los Anz, the Los Anzi Kopitars. That's their new there team. Go. Name. There you go. There you go. Um, um, yeah, just I, that is. It's that is one, this is a guy they stripped number. of the captaincy a few years yeah. ago because he was a pudwack. <laughs> but here's your statue. What's worse, that or Chris Neal? Chris Neal is worse. <laughs> Chris Neal didn't get a statue. He just got his number. No, retired. you guys yeah, never retired. I know, yeah. but still, that's that, that's that, hey, Chris Neal's one of the greatest senators of all time. Well, that's a reflection on the senators, not not Chris Neal. That's true. Oh, that God. is true. So it's bad. it's just crazy to me. Um, I know it's it's all in the name of of uh, likes and retweets and engagements, but the NHL. Uh, Twitter account put out one of those. Is he a Hall of Famer graphics? And they put it out for Dustin Brown. And the stats were two-time Stanley Cup champion, which, hey, great. It's two more than I have. Um, Colin Colin Frazier's got one more cup than Dustin Brown, so then he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, right? Chris Kunitz has got four of them. Um, Blackhawks legend. And it was was something like over 1,200 games played and like 750 points. Is he in Hall of Famer? And I was like... What are we talking no. about? <laughs> like, like, yeah, he's he captained two Stanley Cup teams, but like, he wasn't on the Canadians in the '80s and captained them to two Stanley Cups and was and was a point six point per game player. Like, this was the modern era in LA. Like, come on, what are we doing? Yeah, no, that's that's not it's not a good use of bronze out there in LA. Whatever. I mean, retire the number, cool. You want to commemorate the era. And we've gotten into some periphery hawks that we've considered, you know, but a statue? Hey, if the Canucks have a statue of Roger Nielsen waving a towel <laughs> from a playoff series loss, 
then I guess anything is possible. Well, you can't hang it up that for anything true. else, can you? That's true. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go to bed. You want to tell everybody about pins and aces, Greg? Sure. We got to do our, uh, our our tank standings too. Oh Jesus, we are falling behind. All right, yeah. hey, at, at least it's at least it's good news in the tank standings. All right, yeah, all right. I'll do the pins and aces real quick because yeah. everybody in the tank standings is going to get on the golf course a lot earlier than the rest yeah. of the guys in the NHL. So Steven, it's rather appropriate. What's our like? Uh, what's our like situation, Stephen? We are at forty three. Oh, that's forty three. Yeah, we got we got to pump up those numbers, guys. If we get to fifty, Let's... we'll get an extra spin. Yeah, let's get to 50 right. in honor of a real Hall of Famer, Corey Crawford. That's right. There you go. Yeah, let's get that conversation going. Hey, but by the way, Pins and Aces, it's the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. We love our Pins and Aces gears and get tons of compliments for it on and off the golf course. They are a family-owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even their favorite beer sleeve and an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round. You don't have to put beers in there. You can put cans of Hawaiian Punch or or, uh, sparkling seltzer water, whatever you want. Mm. Whatever you put in there, they will stay cold. So check out pinsandaces.com. Use the promo code CHGO and you'll receive 15% off your first order and shipping will be free. That's pinsandaces.com. All right, let's update those tank standings while we wait for those likes to come in. Columbus still leads the tank standings. They picked up the win in Toronto today, so 36 points in 53 games. The Hawks with the loss, 37 points in 51 games. Anaheim with 40 and 53, 42 and 52 for the Coyotes, and 43 and 53 for the Sharks. So the Hawks currently second in the tank standings. Guys, so even with guys, this great- all those all those meaningless wins, and they're still just one right point there. out of yep. first first place in the Bedard. Both. They, they're playing their best hockey of the season as far as like wins and losses over the last month, and they're still one point out of the worst record in the league. Yep. And they haven't traded anybody yet. Yeah. Yeah. And they probably well, they will, some people. Maybe not everybody. All right, do we get to fifty, Steven? Are we even close? Uh we did not get to fifty. Not we are well. currently right. sitting at forty six. That's embarrassing. It's okay. All right, well, it's, it's one oh three in the morning. Yeah. I'm glad we didn't get to fifty. I'm let's tired. just do one do one spin and let's go. All right, let's Come on. We were, we Super were Bowl 0. pregame show starting in ten minutes. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> we were 0, we were what oh for five last night. Let's 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 go one for one and call it a day. Yeah. All right, that let's would be do it. Amazing. Let's do it right here. Here we go. Ah, see, see again Whoa. with the blue jackets. Look at Buffalo. No, Buffalo won. Oh, Buffalo moved up 10 spots to number four. Buffalo won, and because they can't technically win, they were so far out that they got to four, and the top three stands is Pat. Hey, that's fine. Good for Buffalo, and we get Adam Fantilli. Done. That's a win. win. There we go. All right, let's wrap things up. Thanks, everybody, for staying up late with us. We appreciate you. Uh, We're off until Tuesday, which is awesome. Uh, I found out we're off Monday today, which is a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> smash that like button for us. Uh, lots of good stuff coming up. We've got our, you know, Greg's got his Hawks history. We published the uh, rebuild report yesterday. So make sure you're a diehard at allchgo.com. And remember, we are presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. You want to, it is, sorry, <laughs> I'm tired. It is America's top rated sports book. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I just couldn't find the, the ad copy and then I got scared. <laughs> um, so we'll talk to you on uh, what, Tuesday? 
right? Tuesday. Valentine's right, Day. Valentine's Day show. Yeah. Awesome. It's a game, Hopefully right? we have a Roman read that night. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, it is a game night, right? Game yes. night. All right, I'm going to the dentist that afternoon, so we'll see if I can speak that night. <laughs> nice. All right. We'll talk to you Tuesday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.